Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Right now, I'm in the tour van of a band who cannot speak its name on radio. I would love it if I could get each of the guys in this band to introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Benjamin John Power. I'm Andrew Hung. And what band are you in? Are we allowed to say this? Because you couldn't just now. <laughs> I may have to bleep you once or twice, but let's say it and then just get it over with. Fuck buttons. Fuck buttons. All right. <laughs> so for a guy like me who's on the radio and has to sort of dance around this, what's an easy tip for me to say your band name? Probably, I mean, most people say F-Buttons, which we're fine with, you know, but that's that's normally the route. Yeah, I mean, F-Buttons is usually what, you know, that's usually the way around it. All right, F-Buttons it is. So now, how about we listen to a track by the F-Buttons? Sure, yeah. This is uh, Red Wing. Uh, this is the first single off our last album. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy it. You just jumped right in there, all right. The Red Wing, here we go, bye. (laughs) F Buttons, and that's off their current record, Slow Focus. We'll be back in a second. Is that the one you were going to play anyway, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoy it, Scott. I thought you'd enjoy it. good sign or a bad sign that the people that I'm interviewing are laughing and giggling while I try to compose questions. I think it's a good thing. We're entertaining ourselves, having a conversation. We're in a very, uh, you know, s- small set space together. We're getting on. It's cool. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard The Red Wing. That's by a band called The F Buttons. Off their current record, Slow Focus. I've got the two members of the band here with me. They're both giggling in the backseat of their tour van together. I'd love it if one or both could talk a bit about this track. So I guess this uh, this was one of the, maybe one of the first tracks we actually um, wrote from Slow Focus. Um, and, you know, our writing process, you know, it, it lends itself to us you know kind of almost stumbling upon new textures and kind of like sentiments uh, to a certain degree and this was this was the first what maybe one of the first tracks from slow focus that we actually kind of stumbled upon this new sentiment and we decided to roll with it and it's a lot of fun and we're really enjoying playing it live and it seems to be going down very well did you want to chime in andy no all right fair enough (laughs) so every track that i play on this show is going to be a radio edit of a F Buttons track because you guys tend to make very long songs. So 
I'm just going to say that so you know that you're only listening to radio edits. This leads me to a question. The question is, what's it like creating a song the way you want to make it and then having to make a radio edit? I think with anything that you're putting into the public domain, you're having to consider how it's presentation and radio edits are just a part of that. But it's not just music, it's with anything. I imagine when you make a chocolate bar, you have to think about the wrapping and, you know, the presentation so yeah it's it's fine you you, you know art is has to be delivered it's essentially what movie trailers are isn't it mm-hmm. well it's not like that is it i, mean, I don't think it's like that i think i think the edits work as well. i think it's like a taster <coughs> i personally think the edits work as well as the original piece i think we're gonna have it. i think we're gonna disagree here <laughs> disagreeing can make for great conversation maybe i'll ask the question this way how do you make a great radio edit of a track you're already happy with? I mean, like Ben was... I think Ben is some someone who would stick... To, if I'm wrong about this, you, you'd, you'd want to stick to the original thing and then just leave it as that. But I think you can have different versions of things. And in this case, with an edit, the way I see a, an edit is the way you, you'd have to get it under about three and a half, four minutes. And you make it as succinct as possible... At, at the same time, maintain maintaining the heart of the original track. It is very difficult to do, but I think it's possible to do. And I think we've done that with our tracks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is a shame. I think if you wanted if you wanted a track to be that length, you would have written it that length in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I see it as, as a necessary evil. But as Andy just said, it is it is quite it can be quite a hard task to do to encapsulate you know the the feeling that you intended in a much shorter space of time um but it is something that you know needs to happen for just so oh i didn't mean to interrupt but so what's one tip for making a radio edit of a track well i guess you know you 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 need to have a a very good understanding of like you know the the nuances within the track and you know dynamics where they should be happening and, and and such um but I, I, it's hard. To, it's hard to give advice on that kind of thing unless you're on the inside. It's, I think it's with our tracks. They're quite linear in their kind of structure. I mean, the recent ones have a bit more kind of uh, kind of different compositions in terms of uh, melodic motifs in different parts, and they've been a bit more difficult. But in the past, because they have been linear, it's been quite kind of what's the word? Um, what's the word? I mean, relatively straightforward and straightforward to do uh, uh, an edit. But I imagine with a pop act, for instance, it, you do have to do a lot of restructuring and, and placing and taking out choruses and verses and breakdowns and stuff. A lot of stuff to play with. But, you know, I quite like hearing stuff like that, just seeing what it sounds like in a recontextualized kind of environment. I think for a radio radio edit of a pop track, you want to be getting you want to be hitting the chorus before you know within the first thirty forty seconds. That's what I do. I put a chorus right at the beginning, two of them, (laughs) and then straight into verse. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Andy, you've said when we write a song, that's the F buttons. The great moment for us is afterwards when we discuss the imagery we get from writing that track. True or false? And then I'd love you to talk a bit about that each of you yeah it's true i think it's it's the fun part of us a fun part of writing a song in fact it happens pretty i mean we 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 get an idea of when a song is good when 
it starts conjuring images for us and that happens during the writing process i mean we don't necessarily stop and go hey that makes me think of this but afterwards it is a lot of fun to talk to each other about what kind of imagery it kind of um provokes in us and you know i think yeah that's the nice thing about it ben is getting hot in this tour van during a nice summer evening and just took off his jacket but i would like him to talk a little bit about those conversations um i i do you know i was actually thinking how hot it was and i didn't really pay attention to the question i was trying to figure out when would be a good time to take my jacket off so i might have to sit this one out (laughs) (laughs) so you do not want to talk about the great conversations you've had with your working partner about the images that each song conjures. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's usually the, the icing on the cake when it comes to the, the songwriting process for us. It's, you know, it's it's nice to actually kind of like try and visualise these things together. I mean, you, you might have very different ideas about like um, a, a set of imagery that a track might actually conjure up for us individually, but when, when you start to discuss them, you... You either realise it's very different or quite similar, which is just as interesting both times, I think. So now I'm going to play another track. Uh, this time I'm going to play Surf Solar. That's off your second record, Tarot Sport. Of course I'm going to play the radio edit. How would you like to recollect the conversation you had about the images that that song conjured when you knew that it was done? It's actually quite hard to cast our mind back to the... Um like the individual conversations when they happen because a name just becomes a name after so many years you know as as with the band name um so i don't i don't think that can particularly be specific here all right well then how about you just say a few words about that track to tease the listener just before they hear it uh yeah i mean this track is um i mean it was one of the first ones we wrote for the new album and I remember thinking... The second album. Second album, second album. Thank you. And, um, yeah, it kind of... Uh, I guess it, it kind of um, laid the foundations for that album, actually, in many ways. Kind of, um, yeah, so, I guess... Wood, your host. You just heard Surf Solar. That's by a band called F Buttons. Off their second record, Tarot Sport. I would love if I could get Ben to talk a bit about the track because Andy talked about it before I played it. Surf Solar is, um, you know, that's that's one that we we have actually been playing that out live um, a lot recently, and it's it's one that we you know we we still really enjoy playing it live and. 
it's you know it brings back a lot of touring memories it's nice you know it's it's, it's very close to us you know um, so yeah it's good to hear it F Buttons, you guys self-produced your third record. That record's called Slow Focus. This was the first time you guys produced your own record. Why was this the right time to do that in your career? I think we were just, yeah, it was just that. It was just that. It's the right moment. I mean, we'd accumulated so much experience from the last two people that we'd worked with, who were fantastic. And yeah, we just felt we could do it. And you know, no, nothing gained, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I think, and so it, it worked out really well for us. We had uh, we were, we had our own space at the time as well, so it seemed kind of silly not to at least kind of try and utilise the um, that that space and work to our own diary as opposed to somebody else's and have a set space of time that we needed to be in and out of their studio. By it was quite nice to actually not have these outside kind of pressures, you know, or, or time frames to actually interfere um, so yeah and, it, and I think we both are much richer for, for the process what was the toughest challenge or the biggest lesson that you learned while producing your own material um, I'm trying to think actually I mean it was quite easy for us actually I, I mean it's quite straightforward I think what um, what we've been able to realize was that we were producing at the same time as writing you know we were kind of looking for textures and rhythms and stuff whilst we were writing and so all that stuff was already written and so when it came down to recording it, it really was just mostly tracking and maybe a bit of kind of decoration but that was it really F buttons I'd love you guys to talk about how you work together and what I'm gonna do is I'll play a little bit of the 10-minute beauty stalker from your current record while you guys talk, perhaps you could use that song as a specific example. The reason why I'd love to hear you guys talk about how you work together is because you always say things like, we jam, we find a texture, and then we go with it. And when I think of somebody jamming, I think of like a guitar, a bass, drums, and then you know they're playing music, and then yada, yada, yada. You guys don't work like that at all. less like instruments and more like toys when you were younger when you had when you had your friends come around with their toys and you had your toys around and maybe you'd swap with them and play with their stuff and then you get into scenarios where you beat up bad guys in your games and stuff it's like it's like that Ben and I get together with all the things that we've accumulated the toys basically and actually they are toys because they're mostly quite cheap stuff um, but uh, yeah so yeah what we do when we say we're jam we're just kind of playing around with all these new toys and seeing if anything happens out of it and that's it all right so ben stalker is playing in the background you found a texture you liked and started then what happened as andy just said you know we get together in a room with all of our equipment and we just we just have at it until we both you know come to a texture or, or whatever it may be that we both agree on and then we kind of build upwards from there. But is one guy on one funky synth and then the other guy's on the computer? How does that work? It doesn't really, it doesn't really work like that. No, we don't really box ourselves into like 
setting roles out for each other. It's a lot more free than that. I mean, it really could be anything. It's it's a relationship, you know, like, you ha- it's a relationship between the sounds and not necessarily by the same people. So I think when we find a texture, it's actually, a, it's a juxtaposition between two textures that makes it interesting. So I think that those, you know, the the meeting of two elements is always, I, well, I've, I've always thought are the most interesting moments in our lives. Now, I would love to play Olympians. That's off your second record, Tarot Sport. Of course, I'm going to play the radio edit. So how about one of you talk about it before I play it, and then one of you gets to talk about it after I play it. So who wants to be the before guy? Olympians is, you know, that's that's obviously very close to us. Uh, you know, it was it was featured in the in the 2012 Olympics. Um, strangely enough, we, uh, you know, we actually had no idea that it was going to be included in the Olympics when we when we named the track. It was more of an overall feel, um, like a kind of striving and a hopefulness that um, we both um, felt from the track. You know, when we first wrote it, that gave it its name. But then, you know, somebody else, somebody else from the uh, Olympics committee or whatever, actually um, shared the same kind of, you know, uh, sentiment from it that we did. Um, so yeah, so it's it's very special to us. interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard olympians off the record tarot sport by the f buttons i've got the only two members of f buttons trapped in their tour van with me and i'd love it this time it's andy's turn to talk about this track um olympians yeah i mean i remember writing that very vividly actually we were we used to write well we still do really in each other's um, houses and whatever areas are available to us at the time but at that time it was in ben's uh, bedroom and Brought around on the floor with all the kind of keyboards and synths or whatever, and I remember coming. That came up quite easily as well. I think it was kind of a logical track for us as soon as we had the kind of 
basic foundation of it. Um, but yeah, that that one, I, I also very vividly remembered the kind of um, imagery that one sort of brought about. It's, it's summer, I think, and uh, I remember Ben was uh, talking about how we uh, used to travel across town from um, and going past the Olympic site that was being built at the time for the 2012 Olympics. And it kind of, um, yeah, it tied in with that, and that's how we named it and stuff. So yeah, I remember that one very well. I can't remember what year it was. What, 2008 must have been. Well, that title choice turned out to be oddly prophetic. That song was played during the 2012 London Summer Opening Ceremony. I thought I'd ask you guys the somewhat weightier question. Well, I'll just say it this way. At this time in your life, given that you're somewhat of a young person, what place does patriotism have in your life? I I have trouble with that word personally because I'm a, I'm a Chinese person, second generation born in the UK. So I kind of, op, I kind of inhabit a limbo between two countries in a way so I'm not kind of I'm not kind of taken in by the Chinese because they think I'm anglified and in England you know people obviously see that I'm not white or whatever so patriotism for me I mean I think there are good things with it like for instance actually with the Olympics was the first time I felt patriotism towards a country I actually felt really proud especially during that opening ceremony when they were celebrating the, you know when when the Beijing Olympics started I thought there's no way England's going to be the UK is going to be able to match up to these thousand drummers but actually when they when the UK celebrated its um, uh, history I thought it was, it was fantastic and it actually made me feel very proud of um, what, what's happened before me so yeah patriotism there are good things out of it but a lot of the time it can be quite bad <laughs> All right, Ben, I would love you to weigh in. I think Andy's pretty much hit the nail on the head there. You know, obviously, you know, it can be um, used in in a negative sense, but <clears throat> there's also, you know, I I think England's a, you know, it's a beautiful country. You know, whenever I hear Edward Elgar, you know, I, Elgar's birthplace was just down the, you know, just down the road from where I grew up. And I think there are a lot of great things to to take from it, but obviously, you know, it depends on context <laughs> yeah all right guys thank you very much for taking some time out to sweat with me in your tour van because <laughs> we all are sweating a little bit it's the end of the show so i'm gonna play us out with the radio edit of brain freeze from your latest record slow focus i'd love it if i could get you guys to talk about this one before i bring the music up well, Brain Freeze, I remember quite well. I mean, it, we we wrote that quite recently, but that went through a lot of transformation, actually, which is what was interesting about it. Mm. And so the process for us was, I mean, it wasn't, it, it was it was very interesting. It was, um, yeah, I loved that evolution. I I think uh, Brain Freeze is quite um, exciting. You know, it was it was very exciting at the time of um, um, kind of it being completed and how it's used now i mean it is the first start it, it's the first intense start to one of our records our other our other two kind of a, a crept in somewhat a little bit but uh brain freeze is is straight in there with um some some heavy drums um so i think it's it is an interesting change for us and you know we're, we're enjoying playing it live as well so yeah yeah we're happy it's always great to end an interview on a happy note. Guys, thank you very much for being on my show. This is Brain Freeze, off the record, slow focus by a band called F Buttons. Thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you, Scott. Thank you very much, Scott. Let's, um, let's get out of this van. <laughs>
Hi, um, I'm Benjamin John Power from Fuck Buttons. I can't remember it all, sorry. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. Hi, I'm Andrew Hunk uh, from Fuck Buttons, or F Buttons. And you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. That's right, thank you very much. Can I do it in your um, interview persona? (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm Andrew Hung from Fuck Buttons, and you're listening to The Interview Show with Scott Wood. So now, what did you mean you wanted to do it in my interview (laughs) persona? That's your interview persona. You have a special voice when you're on this show. The reason I do that is so that I enunciate clearly, (laughs) and people can understand what I'm saying. You do that anyway, though. No, I don't. That's, that's not true. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. No comment. 